today and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. Faith. First John chapter 5, verse 4 says this, Whoever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. See, as our faith is, is strengthened, as it is expanded, you know, as we, as we add to it, as we, as we do these things, we actually gain a new confidence in our identity as overcomers. Because the scripture says, whoever is born of God overcomes the world. So as soon as you are born again, your new identity is that you are an overcomer. You're an overcomer. And this is the victory. And the victory that overcomes the world, it's actually, it's, it, it is our faith. And uh, we, so our goal this year, you know, is to strengthen our faith. It's to add to our faith. It's to enlarge our faith so that so that our identity as overcomers is constantly brought to our attention. Because I think the reason that sometimes we don't overcome, it's because we forget our true identity. We forget that we are our identity now that we are saved is we overcome the world. Sometimes it feels like the world's overcoming us, but, it, but in reality, if you are born again, you are overcoming the world. And the biggest person that needs to hear that in your life is you. So part of our goal this year, part of our, 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 um, our vision this year is following Christ to freedom, is about expanding, enlarging, adding to our faith so that we, we never lose sight that we are free. See, the freedom of God is not about adding more freedom. It's about constantly reminding yourself that you are already free. One of the key scriptures that you will hear over and over again this year is out of Second Peter chapter 1, and which talks about, with all diligence, add to your faith. With all diligence, add to your faith virtue and knowledge and, and godliness and self-control and brotherly, brotherly love and love. And, 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 all, and these things, we will work through these things here and we'll, we'll unpack them, we will we'll equip you in them. And, and, uh, and, and, uh, and as Ben reminded you last week, we have a definition of faith for you uh, to begin. You know, we know the great faith chapter of the Bible, Hebrews chapter 11. And we've, we've brought our modern definition of faith out of that. And we've said, faith is a conviction causing motion in the direction of our hope. A conviction causing motion in the direction of our hope. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. That's what Hebrews 11 verse 1 says. So faith is it's this conviction, it's this drive, it's this, this thing that is in you, and it doesn't, faith cannot stay still. Faith actually, it, it's substantial. It causes motion. And it always causes motion in the direction of the thing that we hope for in life, the thing that our hope is attached to most. So central to following Christ of freedom is a strengthening of our faith, which begins with creating an understanding of faith, followed by desire, and then finally by perspiration. Then you've got to actually go and do some stuff. 
See, the things that we need to do in life, the action that we're going to perform based on, on our faith needs to be driven by hope. So we need to make sure our hope is established in the right places before we take action. Otherwise, our faith may take us according to different hopes. So let's consider today how faith can overcome. Why don't you turn with me to the book of Daniel chapter 1 and uh, Daniel chapter 6. We're going to read out of those two two, uh, chapters this morning. Book of Daniel in the Old Testament. Because the life of Daniel shows us some great examples of faith overcoming the world. So Daniel chapter 1, verse 1, it says this. It says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. So Babylon, the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, came into Jerusalem and besieged, took over, took captive the children of Israel. Now, the people have been taken captive. Judah has been taken captive by Babylon, yet the people can live in Babylon. They can marry Babylonians. They can, they can live there. They, see, the, the, the king has this very smart idea. And he says, instead of just making these Jews slaves, I'm going to take the very best of these captives. I'm going to take the very best of the young men of Israel and I'm going to immerse them in the very best of Babylon. Verse 5 says this of chapter 1, And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank, and three years of training for them, so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king. And now from among these of the sons of Judah was a man by the name of Daniel. There were others there, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were there, but today we'll just focus on Daniel. And Daniel was there. Now, the king's goal was that if he can immerse them in the wisdom and in the delicacies of Babylon, then the rest of the children of Israel will see the the best of Israel falling for Babylon and they will follow suit. We don't need to fool everyone. We don't need to bring everyone in. We just need to bring in the key people. And if if we can woo them in with our delicacies and with our teachings then the rest of Israel will follow suit and will serve well in the nation of Babylon. It's an interesting plan, isn't it? But here's what Daniel knew. Daniel was a faithful servant of God. In Daniel, verse 8, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies nor with the wine he drank. And then he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might, for ten days, let him have no, well, let him have only vegetables to eat and drink only water. He asked. He didn't want the wine. He didn't want the delicacies of the king. All he want, all he wanted was vegetables and water. And the eunuch was upset by this because he thought, look, if you, if I do this for you and you look unhealthy, then. My head will be on the platter, not just yours. Mine will be on the platter. So Daniel asked him to give him 10 days. He says, look, give, give me and my friends 10 days on this diet and, and then you make the judgment. If we are not as healthy as everyone else, then that's fine. We'll get on board. But if we are, then allow us to continue on eating as we have requested. Verse 15 says this, at, And at the end of 10 days, Daniel's features and the others appeared better 
and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. Thus the steward agreed to take away their portion of uh, the delicacies and the wine and gave them vegetables and water to eat and to drink. And then straight after that it says this, it says, Then God gave Daniel knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And he had understanding in all visions and dreams. See, one of the most cunning attacks of the enemy is not to hurt you directly, but to woo you into falling in love with the delicacies of the world. We always think about the enemies trying to kill us, and you know, because the Bible says he's come to seek, kill, and destroy. But and 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 that is his goal. But he he is he is cunning, isn't? You know, he's looking for different ways that he can disrupt you. He's looking for ways that he can trip you up so that you will fall in love with the delicacies of this world. For us, one of the main challenges is our faith is the free access, you know, is that, that, you know, we're not enslaved to the world, but we have free access to the reward system of the world. In, In business and in leadership, there's a concept that says what gets rewarded gets done you know so we can you know we can look at our lives we can look at our, our the journeys and we go well, where i want to see the visible reward and the reward that god says is you know he's he has got he says jesus has gone away to prepare a place for you your reward is not always directly in front of you but we like it when it is directly in front of us so here's the comment what we give most of our focus to has the tendency to become our source of strength. If I give most of my focus to a relationship that I have with a person, then that person becomes the source of my strength. If I give most of my focus to my health, then my health becomes the source of my strength. If I give most of my focus to God, then God becomes the source of my strength. You see all these things, these delicacies of, of Babylon, the, 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 the food and the wine of Babylon wasn't necessarily bad or evil in and of itself. But Daniel knew that if he got too immersed in it, that it would take his focus away from the God that he served from his youth. You see, I think God has given us everything to use and enjoy, but he wants to make sure that our hearts wholly and solely continue to belong to him so that we need to make sure that, uh, that uh, the, the most major percentage of our focus in life is on him and his goodness and on his grace and on his mercy. For us, our faith can be found more in our health, in our financial status or in our relationship status. In fact, a lot of people tend to find Jesus when one of those or, or more than one of those falls apart because we, need, we realize that when we lose you know, our health, when we lose our financial status, when we lose a relationship, we realize where our, our true faith has been. And when we lose one of those things, all of a sudden Jesus becomes visible. And the interesting thing is when you do come to Christ, when you meet him in your brokenness, he has this amazing ability to bring you to a place of healing again. He has this amazing um, anointing to, to make you whole again. And that point there is one of the most difficult points in our faith 
We've been made whole. We went to Jesus in our weakness and then Jesus made us whole. And now that we're whole again, do we still need him? According to Daniel, the answer is yes. The Russians, every time they have a drink, they say the word nostrovia. Good health. What do you drink to? What do you eat to? You know, when every time we eat, we say grace because we want to make sure that we're thankful not only, you know, not only to God for our salvation, but we're thankful to him for creation. Thank you, Lord, that you created all of these vegetables. We thank you, Lord, that you created all of these, these cattle. Thank you that you created all of these things that we now get to partake of because of who you are. We, we take, partake of, of the things that give us sustenance in our natural body by giving glory to the, to the King of all kings who created all things for us to be fulfilled. Each of these things can be done, you know, they can be a, a great blessing. Our health is a great blessing. You know, I thank God every day that, I, that I'm healthy. You know, our, our relationships are a blessing. I thank God every day for, for the people in my life, you know, for, for, the, for the people who encourage me, for those people who intercede, for my wife and my daughter and my family and my friends and, and the people in this church and the great people in this community. You know, I thank God for relationships. I thank God that, you know, that, that there's enough money in the bank to buy one more spaghetti bolognese just to get me through the day. But if my faith is in them, then I am at their mercy. If I, my faith is in God, I am at his mercy. The question is, whose mercy do you want to be at? The great leader of Israel, Joshua, said, choose you this day whom you will serve. Choose you this day whose mercy do you want to be at? Do you want to be at the mercy of something in the natural or do you want to be at the mercy of an eternal supernatural God? You see, we like Daniel, we live, you know, we, we live as believers, right, on earth. The Bible calls us citizens of heaven. You know, once, you, once you're born again, once you accept Christ as your saviour, your citizenship has been transferred. You've, trans, you've renounced your earthly citizenship and you are now a citizen of heaven, it says in the Bible. So we're citizens of heaven living here on earth. And Daniel's faith was in the God of the Israelites. And we need to make sure that there's reminders in our lives that, that our faith is in the God of the country that we're from. Our, our faith is in the God of the kingdom of heaven, not in the things that are of this earth. Daniel knew that, the God, would be, that God would be faithful in Babylon just as he was back in Jerusalem. So he chose not to be enraptured by the, by the delicacies. He chose not to be enraptured by the great and, and attractive things of Babylon. Even Jesus says, Do not lay for yourselves up treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
Isn't it interesting when God, you know, Daniel showed God that he was, he was faithful. And when God saw his faithfulness, what did God, God blessed him. What did he bless him with? He didn't actually rescue him. He didn't take him out of Babylon, but he gave him a kingdom purpose within Babylon. You see, when we get saved, you know, God doesn't just go, shoot. You know, we don't just go, just go shoot straight to heaven, do we? He actually says, I've given you a new purpose. I've given you a new hope. And it's here on earth. He doesn't remove us. He doesn't rescue us from every situation, but he gives us purpose within that situation. And he gives us the anointing and the skills and the gifts to walk through that. And as we keep continually being faithful to him, he continues to work through us. So Daniel, you know, a little later on in, in, in chapter six, we see, you know, Daniel becomes quite influential. There's a new king now. Nebuchadnezzar's out. A few things went down. It's a great, if you haven't read the book of Daniel, it's, it's, a, uh, it's, a, it's a page turner. It's an absolute page turner. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's not like, you know, Numbers or Leviticus. It's, it's a page turner. It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to really be great. It's a great slice of history there. It's not a story, it's a slice of history that's important for us because we get to see a mighty man of God give us an example how to walk by faith in a world that has a different agenda to God. So anyway, there's a new king, and this time the king's name is Darius. Darius puts these 120 advisors together, they're called satraps, and then over the 120 satraps he creates three governors, of which Daniel is one of the three governors. And then Daniel, you know, because, because of who he was, you know, he actually... He actually rose up above the two other governors. So he was over all of those people. Why? Because he had an excellent spirit in him. And the king was actually thinking about making him a ruler over the whole realm. So anyway, verse 4, the governors and the satraps, all of these guys, all these other 122 people, they were not happy with this. And they looked to find some charge against Daniel that they could tip him out of that place. They wanted to tip him out of, out of this place of influence so that they could come back in because, because of the gifts that, of God that were on his life. He stood out too much and they, he seemed to always be right and they seemed to always be wrong. Every time there was an, a, dream, a dream to interpret, you know, one of them would get slaughtered and Daniel would get promoted. So they tried to come up with this plan and, and they, they could not find a charge or a fault, it says against Daniel, because why? Because he was faithful. Nor was there error, any error or fault found in him. And then these men said this, verse 5, he said, they said, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Here's the problem with faithful Christians in the world. It's hard to pin things on them. If you're a faithful believer in the world, you actually become a valuable resource to the leaders of your community and of your nation. And the more faithful you become, it's harder for people to pin things on you, so they need to look at coming at, at you from a different angle. Verse 6 says this, So the governors and the satraps thronged before the king and said thus to him, King Darius, live forever all the governors of the kingdom, the administrators and the satraps, the counselors and advisors have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except for you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. 
Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. Okay, here's the, here's the verse. Verse 10. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he straight away went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. And three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Verse 11, these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any God or man within 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? king says yes this is a true thing verse 13 they answered they said before the king then that daniel who is one of the captives from judah does not show due regard for you o king or for the decree that you have signed but makes his petition before his god three times daily now the king when he heard this he was dismayed because he greatly he, he set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. He, liked, he loved Daniel. He, he saw Daniel as a value to him. But because of this decree that he made, he could not get out of it. So the king gave the command, verse 16, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. And then the king said something interesting to Daniel. He said this, your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. I think the king might have got a word of knowledge. Here's the king, verse 18. The king went down into his palace and spent the night fasting. The best kind of fast where we fast all night. This tough king. And, and also he had no musicians. No food while he was asleep and no musicians while he slept as well. Verse 19, then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. And the king spoke to Daniel saying, Daniel, servant of the living God. This guy doesn't know God, but he's calling him the living God. Servant of the living God has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lion. Then Daniel said to the king. He doesn't say yes. He says, O king, live forever. He's in there with the lions. O king, live forever. He doesn't say, get me out of here. He says, O king, live forever. My God sent his angels and shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. And no injury, whatever, was found on him because he believed in his God. The story goes on in verse 24, and it says that not only did Daniel get set free, but the king gave the command and they brought those men who were accused Daniel and they cast them into the den of lions. Not only did they cast them into the den of lions, but their wives and their children were also cast. It's a pretty cold manoeuvre, isn't it? It's interesting, when we work against God, 
not only do we miss out on his goodness, but our family misses out on his goodness. Hey, when we love God, when we're faithful to him, not only do we get to walk in his blessing, but our family and the generations come get to walk in his blessing. And this here, this will blow your socks right off this morning. So, verse 25. Then King Darius wrote a decree to the, all peoples and nations and languages that dwelt on the whole earth. And he said this, Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and rescues and he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. Who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions? The king of the world makes a decree about a God. He calls the whole world to shake at the mercy of this God who he doesn't even know. He doesn't even know. He has to call him the God of Daniel. That's faith overcoming the world. Your faithfulness to God is the greatest blessing that you can give anyone. It's the greatest blessing you can give your children. It's the greatest blessing you can give our mayor, whoever it turns out to be. It's the greatest gift you can give our premier, our prime minister, the leaders, the leaders of, our, of our nation. It is the greatest gift that you can give anyone king darius was a better king because he had a faithful man of god with him see it's not always about us taking authority it's about us standing and being faithful to god's authority and when we're faithful to his authority the world is not a problem the challenges that you're walking through the challenges that we are that we are walking through as a nation are not a problem if there are faithful people and who are faithfully present in his name and by his strength you see we love to point the finger at our leaders ooh those leaders look at them we've got them all doing their thing you know but the reality is it's not always the leaders is it our leaders are sometimes hoodwinked by minorities and by people with a different agenda who are these squeaky wheels who keep getting the oil and you know and 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 like proverbs says a faithful man who can find we keep pointing the finger at our leaders but we need to have a faithful presence in our nation and in our communities and as we are faithful to the things of god then the world can be overcome Where does the enemy attack? Where do these, where do the, you know, these sat, where do these satraps attack Daniel? Where do they, where, do, where are we attacked? You know, it, 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 we're attacked at the place which is our source of strength, and the place that is our source of strength is our communication with Him. Where, what did they attack? They attacked prayer. They attacked prayer. You see, when we, when, when people pray, they walk in confidence. When people don't pray. They walk in doubt. Have you noticed that, that the attack that the church has had over the last you know, few decades is about removing prayer from strategic locations all around, around our nation, in our parliament, in our schools? Not only, you know, when you become a citizen now, you don't actually have to swear before God, you can just make a commitment on nothing. 
just in the air. I make a commitment to the air that I'm going to be a good Australian. You see, they want to, the, the, the enemy wants to remove our communication source before God. Why? Because the faithfulness of humanity overcomes the world. And like Romans 10, 17 says this, and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So like Daniel, we want to stir up the people of God to strengthen their faith with the confidence that he is looking constantly to strengthen those who are loyal to him. You know, we read in, 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 in Chronicles that the eyes of the Lord go to and fro all over the world looking to strengthen those who are what? Who are loyal to him. God is looking for loyalty. So we've got a strategy for you. Our strategy for this series of faith is inspired by Daniel's faith, and it's simply this. Stop and listen. Stop and listen. Take a few minutes in the middle of your day and focus on God in prayer. Take a few minutes in the middle of your day and focus on God in prayer. Here's why. The point of intentionally returning to prayer during the day is to ensure to ourselves that our spiritual life is considered as essential as eating meals. Daniel ate three, uh, Daniel prayed three times a day. Most of us eat three times a day. And we, we, the reason that we put this challenge before you for this month, you may be already doing, but we put this challenge before you because we want to make sure, we want to be intentionally you know, putting prayer up at the same level as our physical strength. We want our spiritual strength to be in equal to our physical strength. I don't know about you, but I am fully committed to consuming food at various times during the day. Eating food gives me the strength to do what I need to do. In the same way, stopping to pray gives us the strength of faith to do everything that we need to do in the spiritual. We can be strong in the natural and weak in the spiritual. And he wants us to be both. He wants us to be both. Why doesn't the band jump up? Here's the thing. No part of life is to be isolated from God's presence. No part of life needs to be isolated from God's presence. What happens then? If, God, if, God, if we acknowledge God in all that we do, then work becomes a means through which we can grow and love God just like coming to church does. You see, when, when, when we take a moment, when we stop and then listen, we get to hear from God. And I guarantee you, if you stop and listen to God at a middle point of your day, then the second half of your day, you will be more empowered. You will be more equipped to be faithful to what God has called you to do and to face the challenges that you need to, 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 over, to face. And then you will be reminded that you are an overcomer. The biggest battle, the biggest battle that we have, which Second which Peter chapter 1 says, is that if we don't, remind ourselves if we don't add to our faith we will forget that we're free we'll forget that we have the identity as an overcomer you see what you do is not as important as how for whom and to what end you do it 
And when we take the time to pray, when we take the time to, to, to declare that we are faithful first to him, then we gain an understanding of why we're doing it, to whom we're doing it for, and to what end we're doing it. This year we'll make it our intention to, as a church, diligently add to and strengthen our faith, faith as suggested by Peter. In the seat pockets in front of you, we've, we've actually got a card that you can grab and, and uh, it's, it's, on our, it's, it's part of our vision. If you didn't get one last week, grab it. It's got some of the key scriptures. It's got the definition of faith. It's got the challenge for the month. If you want to have a look at that, be encouraged, be inspired and, and, and take the commitment to, to use this strategy, implement it in your life so that you can take your communication with God the feeding of your spirit to the same level as the feeding of your body. Why don't you stand with me this morning? See, we saw in Daniel's life that the strength of our faith is evidenced in many areas of our life. And the enemy attacks where he attacks. We don't know sometimes. You know, it's, sometimes it's tested in our desire for things and for pleasure. Sometimes it's tested when our communication gets challenged. If prayer in your life gets challenged, what will you do? Not only did Daniel pray, but he stood at the window and said, you know, I am faithfully serving this nation, but there are some things that I cannot serve. I must stay in communion with my king. So take a few minutes in the middle of your day and allow your faith to be strengthened in prayer and hearing from God. Let's pray this morning. Father, we are inspired by your grace and by your truth. We're full of hope, Lord. We're full of, of, of desire, Father, to walk in your steps and by your grace. And, and, and the inspiration of our, brother, of our brother Daniel, Father, is before us this morning, Lord. Like him, Father, we want to not be consumed. We want to not be enamored with the delicacies of this world. Lord, we want to be consumed with your goodness. Lord, we don't want to be at the mercy of things. We want to be at the mercy of you. And we are so thankful that your mercies are fresh and they are new every morning. So we lift up your name. We declare your kingship over our lives. And we walk by faith in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.